Welcome to the Asians Redefining Their Success podcast, where Asian professionals share their stories of breaking boundaries and switching into more creative and unconventional careers. I am your host, Yangshi Zhou. Hello, hello. Welcome and thank you so much for being here and for joining me on this career journey of yours. Over the next couple minutes, I want to give you a quick introduction of what this podcast is all about, the inspiration and story behind it, and the type of things that you can expect. And to give you a quick background on who I am, I grew up in Shanghai, Shanghai until I was eight and then immigrated to the States and grew up in a small town in Virginia. I had a pretty average and normal childhood by Asian standards, you know, got all A's and played piano, but I always had this dream of making impact on the world and doing the work that I love. So that mission took me out to San Francisco to pursue my dreams and then realizing that it was too technical for my taste and I wanted to do something more creative. So that took me on another journey of building a learning bootcamp or a personal MBA for myself to really explore what I was interested in, then completely changing careers into coaching and writing in just two months, launching my own business, getting featured on Forbes, and now here I am specializing in helping people who are traditionally successful, but they feel stuck and they want to build their own dreams and carve out their own creative path. So really, this podcast is for dreamers and doers. It's for people who are in traditional careers right now and they feel something that's calling them towards something that's more creative, whether it's a childhood dream of theirs or something that they've always been thinking about doing but have been scared to take that leap. And as someone who's done it before, I know how terrifying it can be. This month, October, is actually a really special month. Not only because it's a launch of this podcast, but it's the two-year anniversary of when I quit my job. During that time, I had mentors and I had people who I went to for advice, but as I was creating my own path and changing into a more unconventional career, I found that there was a lack of people who looked like me and people who I resonated with. Everywhere I saw it was mostly blondes and brunettes going to masterminds and networking events. And there's just something so powerful about seeing someone who is similar to you, who's done it before. It's a similar feeling that I had when I was watching The Farewell, actually. I thought to myself, wow, movies can in fact, resonate with me so much. And so really the intention of this podcast is so that you can have a similar feeling and inspiration as you are hearing from these Asian professionals who are very much like you and me. And so in this podcast, you can expect really down-to-earth and authentic and raw conversations about 
how it's like to navigate that career change as someone with an Asian background, as well as breaking out of the box, going into an unconventional career, and redefining what success means to them. And so I'm really excited to share these stories of myself as well as other professionals who are really bringing their authentic selves into the world and making a huge impact on the world. Just to give you a sneak peek, the guests include a software engineer who became a coach and is traveling the world right now mentoring others, a med school student and residency graduate who quit that path to become an online writer and artist, and a foo scientist who created his own career out of podcasting. How amazing is that? Before we dive into these incredible guest stories, I thought that you're probably wondering who I am and what my background is as your podcast host. So I thought I would dedicate the rest of the episode to sharing what made me decide to change careers, how did I go about it, how was it like for me, and what worked, what didn't, so you can apply it to your own unique situation. So as I mentioned earlier, I used to work for an education technology company, and I was a marketer, and I thought that was the dream job for me, and it really was, at that time, everything lined up. It was in social impact, it was in California, and it was in marketing, which I had a background in, so I knew what I was doing. I had the skills for it. The thing that made me realize that it wasn't a good fit was when I felt really unfulfilled and stagnant after one or two years even though the environment and all the other moving pieces were there. And that was when I really realized that what matters the most is the day-to-day work because that is what you're spending one-third of your waking hours on. So it doesn't matter if you have the best manager or the most amazing colleagues or you live in the most amazing place in the world if you aren't enjoying the daily work. And I really didn't enjoy the nitty-gritty part of growth marketing, which is a lot of data analytics and optimization and just, you know, testing button colors didn't speak to me. I wanted more of that one-on-one personal connection. I wanted to make more impact. I think I literally thought about a career change for around two years. So that was more than the half of the time that I was working there. And what really became the turning point for me was a couple of things. One, I wasn't learning anymore. I was really, really stagnant. Two, I started doing work that I didn't want to be doing because it was a startup and because I picked up skills really quickly like I learned how to code and do web design and so basically I was like a front-end engineer and a designer and I started getting assigned a lot of tasks that was also events management and I knew that was not the path that I wanted to go on and I knew that 
the longer I spent gaining skills in that area was taking me away in the complete opposite direction of where I wanted to go, even though I didn't know exactly where I wanted to go. It just made me realize that, you know, not all skills are equal. Some are great for you and some you really don't need. And the third one was I wasn't appreciated at work. The culture was turning into something that I wasn't very fond of and it was really gritting gritting teeth trying to get a paycheck. I was constantly compared to the market value of a marketer even though I was doing all these other things and it was really hard to not feel like I deserved more because I was living in such an expensive city. I was getting paid half of what the engineers were making and it really made me question my self-worth. So I was not in a really great place and I did try my best to, you know, figure out ways I can stay in the company. I had conversations about, you know, role changes and during that time I really wanted to see if I would like to be a writer full-time or an instructional designer which is someone who creates these online learning experiences. And I tried to create a role for me at that company, but they were like, it's probably going to take us six months and you may or may not have it. And I knew the longer I stayed, the longer the company was just going to um, use all these skills that I had, but like not in the direction that I wanted to grow. I knew I had to take 100% responsibility when the company didn't have my best interests at heart. And so I quit because I had a general idea of what I wanted to go into next. So I spent the next two months really exploring how it would be like and gaining direct experience and how it would be like to write full-time. How would it be like to teach people online? And yes, it was really, really scary not knowing how long it would take for me to figure out. I didn't have a long-term plan, even though I did make a learning plan for myself. And it was risky. I will admit that. But to me, it was riskier to stay at a company that didn't value me. And most importantly, stay in a position that I had no plans of excelling at in the future. And it was really scary to think, like, if they fire me, I literally would not know what to do. I don't know if I would get another marketing job or if I would even want one. And so it felt like I was investing in myself by taking this time to really explore what I want to and what I want to excel at and of course all of this didn't just happen overnight I am naturally not a risk taker it's something that it's a muscle that I have to build over time and if I had to name the secret sauce that helped me through all this it would be doing side projects so I started doing side projects in 2016 and actually did one for every month that year so I did 12 in total and 
that was because I just really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. And so you can see the doubt already started creeping in really early on. So I would create these 30-day challenges for myself. And it was great because 30 days is just long enough where you can really explore something, but also short enough in that it makes it easy to commit to. My January project was start a blog. So I learned how to host a blog and I started writing on it. Um, another month was going outside of my comfort zone and going to a meetup event every week by myself. That was really terrifying. Another one was videography and learning how to take and edit videos. So all these seem, you know, pretty random. They, in hindsight, they were all creative, but what's really interesting is how much of a part that they play now in my life. When I started the blog, I had no idea that one day I would have writing at as such a main focus of my life. And thanks to that, I was able to hone these writing skills. At, by going to the meetup events, I had no idea that one day I would host a workshop there a year later. And now it's contributing to me being able to speak on this podcast. And for the videos too, I am literally using the same video editing skills right now for those podcasts in terms of audio editing. So that's really the power of what can happen when you genuinely go after your interests and pursue them. And that's exactly what I did in my two-month learning boot camp is I really, really deeply explore these. And that was that I would say that is the main reason how I was able to change jobs so quickly and for people reaching out to me and basically offering me jobs is that I was deeply invested in myself. I took the initiative and built a really unique and personalized path. And that has become the basis for my coaching programs is that I use the exact same framework and the philosophy of direct experience is the most important. And as I was seeing all the success that I was having with my own career, in just two months, I was able to get coaching clients. I was able to get a writing client. I think my hourly rate more than tripled. And it was just, it was not only me being aware and realizing, realizing that, wow, I am capable of doing this. It was also how amazing I felt every day waking up doing the work that I love and throughout the process I just became so much more confident and I knew that it was something that I wanted to share with the world and so that was how I got into coaching. It wasn't planned or anything um, but it does feel very natural and that's actually one of the most consistent themes that I see in my clients who change into fulfilling careers is that it's very useful for them. It's something that they were always good at. It was a natural strength, but they have neglected it or have opted to concentrate on more technical skills or more marketable skills. And 
when they get back into the root of things and uncover that creative strength that they've been neglecting, that's when they really, really flourish. If you're listening right now, I know the same can happen to you, and I 100% believe that. One of the questions that people wanted to get answered on this podcast is, you know, what sacrifices did you have to make as someone coming from an Asian background? And I would say that in the beginning, my parents didn't exactly support me. Um, I was actually so terrified of their reaction that I waited two months before telling them that I quit. I waited until I got some results first so I could show them. And obviously, I'm working, I'm still working on this communication with them. It flops back and forth in terms of when I finally told them they were actually supportive in the sense that they were like you can go do it for you know x amount of time we know that you will do it anyway once you set your mind to it so I think by having that sort of self-trust with them like they trust me to not be dilly-dallying and they've seen that once I put my mind to something that I will follow through so them knowing that is helpful and it's really like a constant struggle whenever I come back home now they'll ask me you know when are you gonna get a full-time job when are you gonna get that stability and you know the favorite 401k health insurance I've learned to take their concerns into consideration and at the same time live my independent life In the sense that when I was changing careers, yes, I was scared of what they were going to say. But I knew that it was something that I had to do. And I knew that I knew what was best for me. Because I am the person living my life. I am also really, really grateful for everything that they've done. That they've sacrificed you know, to come to America, everything that they've given up so that I could have a good education. And I also firmly believe that the best way to pay them back is to live a fulfilling life because they have sacrificed so much for me so that I can have the choice, the option of choosing to do whatever I want in terms of my dreams and so it feels like it's a waste to not go after it and the best way that I can repay them is to live a life where I'm happy and I'm showing up fully and I'm contributing to the world. That was a little bit emotional as family seems to be especially during career changes. And I recognize that the opposite side of the spectrum can also be true. It can feel really frustrating at times when, you know, your parents don't 
support you and you feel like you know they're supposed to be the ones who love you the most in this world and you feel misunderstood what I found helpful during my transition was to surround myself with people who I wanted to become and who were supportive and so San Francisco is actually a really great place for me to start my coaching business and you know just changing careers because there's so much about iteration and how failure is feedback and you're constantly experimenting so it felt a lot more natural and being a founder felt a lot more natural because everything or everyone that you met was usually a founder or engineer I think environment definitely matters a lot more than we think it does because it normalizes our thinking and changes our beliefs about what's possible and what's not. An intention with this podcast is also to help normalize that it is okay to change from a more analytical role to a more creative role and most importantly that you can be successful in a creative career. At this point, you're probably wondering, when did you know that a creative career was a good fit for you? And I knew that a creative career was the right decision for me when I would look, I would feel really excited getting up in the mornings and being, being able to be in the state of flow. So for me, what that feels like is, you know, as I'm writing or as I'm coaching someone, there's this really intense excitement and energy to the point I feel like I can barely breathe. And there is just something that is waiting to be translated from my head onto the paper or, you know, onto speech. And it's such an amazing, incredible joyful, energizing feeling and to be able to experience that every single day, that's when I know that I'm on the right path. Another indicator is also when you're feeling a little fearful, I also use that as a guiding post to whether I'm on the right path because I want to be constantly growing. And so when I'm fearful, it means that I have something that's really important to me and I'm scared of failing or I'm scared of losing it. So it really points to how important the thing is to me and that I should go after it. And that was actually kind of how I felt too when I recorded my first guest interview with this podcast. I couldn't sleep at night. I was like tossing and turning, getting kind of nervous. And that's when I knew that this thing, I, I'm meant to do it right now. If I had to say the one thing that helped me the most in this career change, it would be accountability, especially in the beginning because it's so, so hard to start. And one of the catalysts for me quitting was actually one of my really good friends and mentor. He was basically clearing out his space and his calendar for two weeks and just hosting people over at his place to work on projects. And that really create, helped me have the structure and the accountability. I would 
cow train down every day from San Francisco to Palo Alto and just co-work there with him and it's lonely when you're changing careers because oftentimes we you know think we have to go at it alone and we do it by ourselves and so having someone next to you really really does wonders and even after that period was over I got myself an accountability buddy and we would update each other every week um, I guess that's why people say you know we're starting a company you should find a found co-founder because you guys can you know support each other so I would say the one thing that really helped me was something that kept me going and helped me not stop was having an accountability buddy. And this will be different for everyone in the sense that it'll really depend on where you're at. I know for most people, their one thing will probably be, you know, getting really clear on your why. But because I had been exploring a lot and was pretty clear on it from the onset, the accountability part was the thing that helped me the most because I would often overthink and this is why I also have a career coach right now as well. <laughs> and because I'm a huge book nerd, this is something that I'm going to ask all my guests too was, what was your favorite career resource book? For me, it was this book called Designing Your Life. It was by these two Stanford professors and it really changed my life. It took a very design approach, so similar to the experimental approach I was talking about earlier about experimenting with different things, trying things out, and then trying out new things if that didn't work, um, because then the obvious option would to be keep on going instead of stopping when something didn't work out. And I really liked in the beginning, it talks about certain career myths that we have that aren't true. For example, we assume that we need to follow our major and get a career that's related to our major when in fact a big percentage of the population aren't doing things that what they were majored in. And so knowing that just opens up a lot of opportunities and you're not tied to the idea of a set belief that's not true. And lastly, the parting advice that I have for people who are listening right now and contemplating whether you should go for that less traditional career is really think about what's the best case scenario, what could happen, and also what's the worst case scenario. So there's this awesome fear setting exercise that's from Tim Ferriss and it really helps you reflect, you know, what do you have to lose? And there's just something so big about fear and overwhelming and it's something that we like blow up in our minds so just writing that down really helps make it less scary and easier for you to start so for me the worst case scenario was virginia and spend time with family and that wasn't actually that bad i enjoy spending time with my friends and my little brother so it just makes it more concrete like what is the real risk here and what are the possibilities what is possible if you take that risk and not letting your fears define your future but what your goals dreams and hopes are 
And if you're digging what you're hearing so far, please subscribe so that you can get all the updates when the new episodes come out. Also, feel free to ask me any questions at theartspodcast at gmail.com. That is the T H E arts a r t s podcast at gmail.com. I love to hear your feedback on how I can make this podcast even more valuable for you, and we'll definitely write back. Again, thanks so much. Hope you enjoy this episode and see you on the next one.